Morning, Heartland Church. It's our last day of 2023, and we get to be in the house of the Lord together. That's awesome. Um, if you are new here online, we just want to say welcome. There's a, a, a chiclet that you can click on um, that says new here, and someone would love to connect with you. Um, and if you need prayer online, there's also a little chiclet that you can click on that says request prayer, and someone will also connect with you. Um, is anybody new here for the first time at Heartland in the building? Oh, okay. <laughs> is that, oh, that's you, Elazar. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> um, well, welcome. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to just be worshiping with you all uh, on the last day of 2023. If you are able, can you, can you stand and join us as we enter worship together?
what we glorify you, God. You're so worthy.
you can just testify um, through the whole year in the ups and downs, God has been so good. Amen. We might have faced trials. We might have um, just come across unexpected things, um, but we, we haven't walked it alone. And God is good for that. He's good no matter what. And I'm just so thankful for that, that I can look back um, and know that he's, he's got me, he's got us. And, and I know that as we face 2024, he's got us. We're walking forward, we're not looking back, and we're looking forward to what God has in store for us, because it's good things. Our Father loves us, amen? Amen. I love you, Lord.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In Matthew we read Jesus speaking. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fail because it had been founded on the rock. As we end this year, some of us have experienced those winds, those rains, and maybe even feeling like floods. But when we stand, our faith, our trust in Christ, in God, he sees us through. Amen? amen. Raise your hand if you can say amen. 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 And no matter what is ahead in this new year, when we stand in him and on him, he holds us. We are secure. That is our faith, our trust. That is our hope in him, that he will see us through. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, God, right now we give you praise. This last day, this last service of 2023, God, we lift praise to you because you alone are worthy to receive all praise and all glory. And God, we stand here today and some have experienced the winds and the waves the floods that seem to come and beat against the house. But God, we're here because our faith we, is, un, is in you. You've held us. You've hold, held us secure in you. And God, we give you thanks and we give you praise. Lord, we pray for those that even today are feeling themselves in that place of, of storm whether it's sickness and whether it's, it's going through circum situations or circumstances, God, I pray that you would by your spirit, God, first of all, reveal yourself to them again, that God, they would sense and know your presence and that God, you would encourage their faith to stand strong in you. It's not by sight, but God, it, it is by faith and trusting in you that we stand strong. Minister by your spirit, I pray. And God, be glorified. As we go into a new year, God, we give it to you. Whatever lies ahead, God, we don't know. But we know that you're there already. There is nothing that we shall go through, both the celebrations and joys and the trials and challenges, that God, you're not already there to help us, to help us rejoice and still stay standing on you and to help us, God, to get through even the most difficult times in you. You are already there. And so, God, we rest in that right now. No fear, no worry. We rest in you, almighty God, and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.
Now, would you take a couple minutes, greet one another? Happy New Year, and you know, amen. Grab you my table. I am just going to change the order of the service just a little bit, which won't affect anyone, just so that people behind me know what we're doing, all right? Um, it is really exciting on this Sunday, uh, the last Sunday of the year, to have a baby dedication. And I'm going to invite the parents of Maya, Lucia, to come on up, and her family. This is Tasha and Mertenza coming up with little Maya. Now, they're living in Dubai, and uh, they've come home, Tasha's home church, though, and so great that you could be here, and we're glad that you were here, and we were able to do this. Come on over a little bit closer. There we go. Hi. You finally got up on the platform. You made it. She was trying to get up before service, and you made it. Yeah. Aren't they friendly people? Aren't they? Smile, everyone. Smile. Okay. That's good. That's good. The scriptures tell us that we train a child in the ways they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. In Deuteronomy, we read, these commandments that I give to you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. The things of God, the things of God's word are, are meant to be a part of our daily life as a family and as we share with our children. Children are heritage. They are a great blessing. I mean, the middle of the night, it might feel differently, <laughs> but they are an incredible blessing and that uh, God has given to these parents. And this is a service of dedication of the child, but also of their lives to raise their daughter in a way that's glorifying and pleasing to God. The infant Jesus, we know, was dedicated at the temple, and we also know that in Jesus' ministry, people brought children to him. We read in Mark that he said, he said, let the children come to me, and do not hinder them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. And he took them in his arms, and he blessed them, he laid his hands on them. In our service, we don't baptize. Uh, water baptism is, for us, a believer's baptism. So people have to be old enough to understand what they're doing and to publicly say that they've received Christ. And yet we recognize the importance of children and the importance of parents to raise them, that we dedicate them and the parents to God, that they would raise their child in a way that's glorifying to him. This ceremony doesn't give the child any any religious holding or anything within the church or even heaven. Little Maya will have to grow and learn and be taught by her parents about the things of God and at a proper age that she would receive him as Lord and Savior. And our prayer today is that God would help them to do that and be with Maya every step of the journey. Amen. Amen.
uh, to the parents. Will you raise your child in an atmosphere of love and discipline, knowing that the best hope for a healthy childhood is one of unconditional love and clear standards? If so, say, we will. We will. Will you communicate to your child the necessity of placing her faith in Jesus Christ so that at an age when uh, she can understand her need of Christ's sacrifice on the cross, she would receive him as Lord and Savior? If so, say, we will. We will. Finally, will you regularly pray with and for your child? Will you pray that God will use your child for his glory? Will you also pray that God will use you to help develop her gifts and her talents uh, with a passion to serve him? If so, say, we will. We will. Tasha's family is here, and we're glad that you're here. Uh, if, we've, if you're a parent, if your kids are older, you know that it takes a, a group, it takes a, a, a family, extended family to help. Now, they're in Dubai. I've been thinking a lot about them. They're going back to where it's warm. And so I've been thinking a lot about them. Um, but family is family. And you will have an influence on this little life yourself. Let me charge you and please respond. Will you promise to help and support these parents in the promises that they have made today? If so, say, we will. That was very enthusiastic. <laughs> when you're home, there's free babysitting right there. Amen. 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 And we anoint with oil as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And we pray, although separated by miles, God's presence is always going to be with you. Amen. Now, the test. Just, will you come? Will you come? Look at that. Gotta, they didn't see your shoes over here. Look at your pretty sparkly shoes. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me as we pray? Maya Lucy, we now pray for you. All right? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, for this little life. Every life is a miracle, and it's a blessing from you. The wonder of life, the wonder that, God, you have breathed into us an eternal spirit and soul. And that, God, I pray, a little Maya, would grow, would sense your presence, would know you. That, God, even at a young age, she would sense you in her life. God, we pray protection and safety over her. But God, we know that trials are a part of life. So we pray, even as we talk today, that if she faces those storms, that God, she would sense and know your love and your presence in her and upon her. That God, she would grow to be a woman of God, a woman of faith, a woman that will be a blessing to her family and to those around her. And that God, you would be glorified. We pray for the parents that, God, you would give them wisdom and insight. Raising children and raising them in a world like today, that, God, it can be challenging and difficult. But that, God, you would unite them together. You would help them and empower them to, to know your presence and love. That they might, in a sense, give that and share that and, and parent their child and future children. God with that love and that presence within their lives. And that, God, you would encourage them each day with the blessing 
that you have entrusted to them. For extended families and other friends, God, we just pray that all together they would sense this incredible blessing and God be a part of raising this life in a way that is glorifying to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yet she looked at me like, what? You are beautiful. And we pray God's blessing on your life. Amen. 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 Here, you want to take this? Yeah. Thank Bless you. Bless you. There we go. Well, it's kind of big. Yeah. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Glad you made the drive. Bless you. Bless you. Amen. Yeah, don't take the tape off. I don't know if we still need it, but amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to invite the ushers to make their way up front. Um, just, we don't really have a lot of announcements. We're still kind of in vacation mode here and everything, but uh, we will take up an offering. This is the last offering for 2023. We want to thank you for your faithfulness in giving, and uh, as we look into going into a new year, that God's blessings will continue to rest on us and our faithfulness to him. Uh, just a couple things. Uh, there's no kids program today. Uh, our volunteers... Okay. We gave them a couple weeks off. Isn't that great? Um, and so parents, the kids are going to be, and we're going to try to have a shorter service and uh, maybe some things for them to look at so that it kind of uh, keeps their attention as well. Uh, and so no kids uh, program today. That'll be starting again next week. And also at the end of the service, we've been uh, announcing this, that this is a prayer and anointing service. And so at the end of the service, uh, as we begin to close, I will be inviting you to come up, whether as families or individuals, couples, whatever, and uh, we are going to anoint you with oil and pray over you. Uh, as we end a year, but as we go into a new year, uh, we just want, um, I think we did this last year, the first service of the year, and I just think it's just an incredible way just to give ourselves again to God and to ask his blessings and direction on our lives. And so at the end of the service, we'll be doing that. And again, for those that, uh, that want to come, we invite you to do that. I think that's it. We're going to take up the offering. There are many ways to give here and, and uh, here at Heartland and online in different ways. So please take note of that. And thank you for your giving. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, again, we thank you this past year. God, we thank you for your blessings. We thank you, God, for bringing us here. God, again, we thank you for this church home that you've provided and that, God, you would continue to use it for your glory and for your honor. I pray that, God, all that uh, come into this building, whether it's through a church program or a rental, God would sense your presence. This building is dedicated for the glory of God, and we pray, God, that your glory would rest here. But, God, not just in a, in a, in a building of steel and brick, but God, in our hearts, our very presence together, that God, your spirit would be here. Bless both the gift and the giver, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
God is good. Amen. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. And I hope you all had a good Christmas. I did ask a few people if they got gifts, just checking if they were good this year. They got gifts. And, but hopefully you've had a good time with family and friends. And uh, New Year's Eve, it's incredible. Now, as you know, if you're part of the church, so if you're visiting with us, uh, we have seven grandchildren, and my grandchildren call me Pa. And so I start my messages with paw jokes, okay? They're like dad jokes. They're just a little better. <laughs> uh, and so I usually start. So here's our last paw jokes for 2023. Uh, I told my doctor that I hear buzzing. He said not to worry. There's a bug going around. Bug. Want to hear a joke about construction? Yeah. Yeah. I'm still working on it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Don't groan too loud. <laughs> uh, uh, what do you call a girl in the middle of a tennis court? Annette. Oh. Yeah. Now, okay. 
this is not about me, all right? My boss told me to have a good day. So I went home. <laughs> and you cannot get your boss to call me that I told you to do that. Anyway, last one. Oh, what do you call an old snowman? Water. There we go. All right, that's it. All right. Our message today is stepping out in faith. Uh, New Year's Eve, it's hard to believe 2024. How many, how many remember Y2K when it was turning 2000? Yeah. How many people, you know, stocked up and got in supplies and... I mean, we were having a bunch of people over. We really hadn't done much. And all of a sudden, Leanne and I are talking. Go, well, maybe we should put some water in the, like, fill up the tub. So uh, for you that don't remember or are a part of that, when, when the calendar was changing from 19 to going into 20, they were just thinking that computers were just, everything was just going to crash. And they had spent millions and millions trying to, now, we usually watch, you know, TV and, and, you know, New Year's around the world. And once we saw through Europe, it turned 2000, and the cities didn't go black, we thought we were going to be okay. So we didn't do much. But it's hard to believe that that's now 24 years ago. Time goes by quickly. New Year's is kind of traditionally a time of, of saying goodbye to the old and, and hello or greeting the new. It's also time for people often think of a new start, a restart, a time of, of reflection for many, a uh, time for weight loss for some, trying. Uh, well, after, after the holidays, finally done, which is, I think, March or April, right? <laughs> Um, and it's also a time often to get together with friends and have a time of celebration. And we've always enjoyed that. We've always enjoyed, you know, just seeing in the new year. It really doesn't make a difference, but it's kind of a fun thing to do. Uh, some people make New Year's resolutions, you know, where they're going to, you know, I'm going to start this. I'm going to, and uh, not, that's not wrong. It's just sometimes this is just the type of year that people kind of do that. Stepping into... 2024 is uh, stepping into the unknown because we don't know what's going to happen. Um, we don't know what is ahead of us. I hope today that you know who is ahead of you. And that is almost the, the better question or thought here today is who is with us as we go into this new year. And that is, again, about stepping out in faith. Uh, this scripture I found in Philippians chapter 3, I just thought was great for New Year's. And so I want to share it with you and share a few thoughts quickly and a little bit of an illustration kind of thing. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, starting to read at verse 12. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. Now Paul's talking here, and this thing that he says, not that he's already obtained this, is really talking about spiritual perfection. He isn't perfect yet. He still has that old nature. And Paul's talked about that before, even within his own life. In Romans 7, he talks about, you know, the, the scripture where he says, you know, those things I don't want to do, I do, and those things that I want to do, I don't do. That struggle he still had within his old nature. And so, although he's talking about this perfection in Christ, 
He knows that himself personally, he hasn't reached that. It's still part of the journey that he is on. Verse 12 continues and says, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. I press on. This idea of, of moving forward. But that idea of pressing, it gives us the, the idea that there is struggle involved. I mean, pressing is the idea of squeezing, of pressure. They would often think of that both with grapes or olives where you squeeze to get out the, the olive oil. And he's talking about that pressing on to make it his own. Because Christ has made me his own. Those are powerful words. When you just stop and think that Christ and all he did has done it so that we would be his. That he's made us his own. The balance or maybe the struggle is between, you know, faith and then working out that faith. It's, it's between receiving God but also still surrendering to God, that new nature and that old nature that we still have. But we know that we're not alone. Throughout this journey, throughout this, this life with Christ, we are not alone. And no matter how pressed we may feel at times, we know that who is with us. And he won't allow anything to be too great that we can't continue to stand in and upon him. Amen? Amen? I mean, there's been times I felt, God, I, th I think you're getting pretty close here. But we trust in him because he's made us his own. We're not an outsider. We are his. We can rest that he's got us. We go on. Uh, we can read in scriptures about God making us his own. In John chapter uh, 15, we read, uh, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. First Peter, we also read, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And then Paul goes on in Ephesians chapter 1, and he says that even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. I mean, that, that so amazes me, that God chose us. He knew us. He, he even knew the process he would have to go through to make us his own. That is, Christ coming and Christ eventually dying on the cross for us. And yet he chose us before the foundation of the world, before creation existed. He thought of you. And what amazes me even more is he thought of me. And he chose me. He did it all for us that we might be his. We go on in our text, verse 13. Brothers, I do not consider that I have already made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Um, make it my own. Again, that reference to that perfection uh, in our 
relationship with God, that we know that we have been forgiven, that we are made righteous in Christ, and yet there's still that process of sanctification, of God working in us and us surrendering to God. God sees us through Christ. He sees us through the cross. He sees us forgiven and cleansed and holy and righteous in Christ. And yet we all know that we still struggle in life. We still have that old nature that at times may tempt us or lead us astray or that we still struggle with really surrendering our life to God. And yet he still sees us through Christ. He still sees us in who we are, but eventually what we will be when he finally takes us to glory. And the struggles of this old life will be over and done with. And we shall be with him forever. He says this one thing I do, which is really kind of two things or two parts to it. Paul sees himself in a race. The wording here is, is kind of like that. And we know in other uh, passages that uh, the Christian life is oft, often referred to as a race. Um, uh, exerting all his strength in this race. He, he moves forward to what is ahead. Using the phrase straining. Again, that effort of, of running and not giving up in the race that God has called us to in Christ Jesus. What are those two parts of this, this thing? He says, first of all, it, it's forgetting what lies behind. Now, these are really, you can think of it, the, the negative things of our life. The reference here is really about this negative stuff. That's what we leave behind, that part of our old life, that part of our, our old nature, either things that we've done or things that have been done to us. These things are meant to be left behind, these regrets, the shame, the sin, all these things that would hold us back are meant to be left behind. And then straining, that effort again of moving forward ahead in him, that new life that new calling, that new relationship that we have with God as his children. Verse 14 of our text says, press, uh, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. Here it is, that pressing on towards the goal, that race that we've all been called to run, that spiritual race has a beginning but has an end. The word here, goal, really means that. It's the finish line. It's, uh, uh, some commentaries refer to it as the bullseye in a target, right? That very center point that you're aiming at. That's our goal. We read Paul talking to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, but not only to me, but also to all who have loved or longed for his appearing. This upward calling that Paul refers to is Christ Jesus. It is about being with Christ for eternity. That's what he keeps his eyes on. That's what he keeps his focus. In the midst of all that's happening in his life, he keeps focused on Christ and the future. 
Paul went through a lot in his life. I think in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 or 9, it lists all the different things he's gone through. Being shipwrecked, being beaten, being stoned with rocks, beaten and left for dead. All these things that he's went through for the gospel of Christ. And yet through it all, he kept his eyes focused on Christ. That was his goal, and to win the prize. Going on, it says, our final verse, let those of us who are mature think this way. And if any, anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. We can't always understand everything in life and what's happening. We can't understand even the process of, of spiritual growth and maturity. You know all those hard things that you go through in life, as we've kind of talked about, that we've had those ups and downs in this last year? God allows those things to happen to strengthen us spiritually. Faith wouldn't grow if it wasn't challenged. Like a muscle needing to be stretched God allows it so that we will grow in our faith and trust in him. He doesn't play games with us, but he sees us for who we can be and should be in him. And that's not meant to be toddling around like infants, but it's meant to be men and women of God, his children, standing strong upon the rock, that foundation of faith in Jesus Christ. And these challenges that we face they stretch us. They stretch our faith. And then we can experience God. Sometimes in those hardest times, the most difficult times of life, we can experience God like no other time. It's going through sometimes the darkest valley that we see him as the light. It's sometimes when we face those incredible storms that just seem to be raging against us that we see him as that foundation, that comforter that stands with us. I don't pray and, and seek bad things to happen, but we know in life that things do happen. But I'll tell you, our God is good. Amen. And he sees us through. Stepping out in faith. It's about holding on to what we have. And it's about striving for what is ahead. Striving for more of Christ in our life. To be more like him. Very quickly, I want to look at these two points. And the idea of a race. Forgetting the past and then pressing on, reaching forward. Now, as I was thinking of today, and I thought of some kids being here, and uh, even adults, you know, we're into the holidays, everyone's tired. I thought I would just kind of illustrate it out a little bit for you. And so, when we think of the race, what is, what's the first part of the race? Just say starting line, because that'll help us go faster, okay? <laughs> it's the start. It's that starting line. And all of us have had... Um, our own start when it comes to faith in Christ, okay? And um, it might have been recently, it might have been a long time ago. Um, and it's that stepping out of faith, that first time that we really 
understood who Jesus was and received him. Even a lot of people who are raised in the church, they, they know about Christ, they understand that, but there has to be that place of finally surrendering to Christ. Now, I received Christ when I was seven, and it was real and powerful. I can also remember as a teenager... And although I was living for Christ and, and worshiping him and serving him, I, I experienced this time in my life where I really surrendered to Christ. Uh, and a lot of that really has to do with the call to the ministry. When I was seven, I, I left that, that place of prayer, that altar at, at Boys and Girls Camp, and I knew that God had called me to be a minister at seven. Didn't understand what that was. When I got older and into my teens, I did struggle a little bit more with that. And that's where I struggled with God. But I remember that incredible time where I finally just said, okay. I stopped struggling with God. And the peace that filled my life. My parents' living room, and I still remember that moment, that peace that finally came over me. And a lot of people, when they receive crisis as older, either youth or adults, can experience something like that as well, that place of finally just saying yes to God. Pastor Fraz has been sharing from John chapter 1, and one of the verses, verse 12, says this, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Paul says in Ephesians again, and to, those, and to this, um, not your own, this is not your own doing, it is a gift from God that, again, receiving Christ as our Lord and Savior, it is a gift that comes from God. It's not by works so that no one can boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared for us to do. Um, we may be at different levels within that journey. Um, and let me tell you that years of being a Christian do not always equal maturity. Those struggles I mentioned a while ago, some people can feel themselves going around a treadmill because they keep struggling with those lessons that God's trying to bring. Though that stretching of our faith, it doesn't always happen. Um, and, and we struggle with God. Sometimes we, we do more struggling with God's spirit and our spirit than we do with even the spiritual enemy. God just wanting us to lay it down that he might bless us, fill us, and use us, and take us from this point to the next point, and we struggle with him. Sometimes people can go years still struggling with God about things in their life, sometimes even simpler things, and not moving on. So years don't always uh, mean maturity. Even knowledge, even knowing the scriptures don't necessarily mean or equal uh, spiritual maturity. It's about our spirit being yielded, being united with God, knowing his spirit, sensing him within our life. The second thing of a race. We have the start line. What's the next thing? Finish? Thank you. That, that made it. You did really good. We have the finish line. Now, 
We talked a little bit about that, and it's really being focused on Christ. Uh, Hebrews chapter 12, we read this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God, looking to Jesus. Wherever we start, whenever we started, at whatever age we started, there was a beginning, that first stepping out in faith and receiving Christ. If you're running a race, you need to keep focused on getting to the end. Now, this might not surprise you. I do not know a lot about long-distance running, all right? But you can YouTube it and learn all kinds of things. And you can sit in a very comfortable chair and feel like you've actually achieved something. I'm joking. Um, the idea is the goal, and sometimes you can't see the finish line. Those short races that are based on speed, you can see the end. But long distance, you can't always see. And you don't always know what's in between the start and the finish. And yet you have to keep focused on getting to the end. Sometimes they really talk about the idea of not using up all your energy at one point because you have to have enough to make it to the end. I think of the idea of the, the, the 10 virgins, you know, that some that had extra oil, they, they had it to make it to the end. And we need to do that because we don't know how long the race is. Some people have a very short race. I think of the man on the cross and all he said to Jesus. After being a part of mocking him, he finally saw something in Christ that was different. And he said to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. In that short, simple phrase was that surrender, was that giving over of himself. And what were Jesus' words? Today, you will be with me in paradise. I mean, his race was really short. And yet, Jesus gave him that goal, that, that finish line. Can you imagine how that changed his life from that suffering? I mean, he still physically suffered, and yet those words must have, must have just done something inside of him. That today I'll be with Christ in paradise. That's what we have to keep focused on because sometimes the race can be hard and difficult. What distracts us? What are the things that get us distracted from God or focusing on God? The scriptures are all filled with all kinds of things that can lead us astray and can be difficult. And not all of them are the real terrible things that we would consider as sins. Uh, but a lot of things that are, can be a part of our daily life can still distract us in our relationship and in living in and running that race. There are stories and scriptures that talk about people wandering away, and I can think of it in my own life, of people who have wandered away from the faith. Their struggles have become so hard, they got so discouraged, they gave up the faith because they thought things should be easier. They expected the road to be easier. And they gave up. They got their eyes off the end, off the finish line, off the goal. And they began to look around them both getting discouraged and 
thinking that things were better if they could just gain more of the things of this world. If I, can just, if I could just win that lottery, you know, if I can get that raise. That, and it's not wrong to want a better job or to want a raise. It's not wrong. Uh, the whole, I think, with gambling and the, what can be wrong is that that becomes our focus. If that's all we think about and it begins to be a part of even our daydreams in life, then that can become a real problem that we're getting our focus off of Christ and that's not going to help us run the race and be faithful to him. Amen? Amen. Now, if you do win the lottery, you have to tithe, okay? I will throw that in. (laughs) Okay, I will say that. It's really important to keep the focus and you really need to do that on a daily basis. If you're going to start something as far as a New Year's resolution, then can I encourage you to, to... be in God's word daily. To spend time praying to him and then worshiping him and being still in his presence. Now seriously, it, can, it doesn't have to be reading the whole thing every year. It doesn't. I mean, read, read the New Testament in the year. Set that as a goal. Online, you can find all kinds of Bible reading plans that can help you. And you can set it out for whatever you want, for how long you want. It's just so important that you spend time in his word. You spend time in his presence, praying, but also worshiping him. Sometimes when we pray, all we do is, I want this, 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 and this. That's really not, that wouldn't be a healthy human relationship. And it's not a healthy relationship with God. And never come into his presence without offering him praise. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The example he gave us is first of all, worship God. Praise him for who he is. And then ask him, but give him the praise that he's worthy of. And... uh, There are some great tools nowadays. We have absolutely no excuse. 20 minutes. You can give God 20 minutes a day. Find that time and then commit to it. Find the same time every day. Do it, get a schedule, print it off the internet so you you check it off that you do it. If you miss a day or two, don't stop. Just keep going. I've read the Bible. I've used a one-year Bible for years, different ones, but one-year Bible. Nowadays, if I miss a day or two, I, I, I can follow it. I just go back and just read it up. I just catch up. But every day, I'm spending that time with God, worshiping him, praising him, and in his word. Lastly, I just want to talk about that, that step of faith, that journey of faith from beginning to end, from start to finish, from our stepping out in faith to the reward of our faith. Through that race, we live our life. And it can be difficult and hard. Sometimes we make it more difficult. by what we choose to take with us. 
Too many Christians are carrying baggage of the past that God's word is clearly telling us to leave behind. Again, I'm no expert in running. But if I had to carry this bag of rocks, I can guarantee you, unless it was from this side to the platform to the other, I wouldn't make it. I've seen too many Christians struggle with life, with living for Christ. And a lot of it is because they choose to just carry things of the past. Maybe it's hurts. And I don't belittle you being hurt. I don't belittle you being hurt by others. But don't carry it for the rest of your life. Don't put it in, your, in the backpack of your life and drag it to the end. Leave it. Jesus died so that you could be free. But we choose sometimes not to live in that freedom because we have to let it go. I don't even know what this one is, but, you know, I'm, I'm not going to let it go. This one I know. Sometimes it can be sin in our life, habits of sin, that Jesus died to set us free. Now, we still struggle with the old life. And every day, if you have to let it go, if every day you have to drop it again and say, God, I give it to you, I give, then do it every day. If it's shame for the past, if it's regret, oh, regret. I get regret. Paul gets regret. Remember that Paul was a persecutor of the church. He went from house to house grabbing Christians dragging them away, men and women, and throwing them into jail because they were believers in Christ. He knew regret. But you can't carry it. You can't just find a pocket of your life and just leave it there because they add up. I mean, on their own, they're not too bad, but you get enough of them, they weigh you down. Church, Jesus died to set us free. Amen? Amen. Hebrews 12, again, it says, lay aside every weight in the sin that entangles us. Romans, I love Romans. If you haven't read Romans, write, read Romans. Start in January if you don't read the scriptures. Romans is fantastic. Romans chapter 8, we start with this. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do, 
by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Now there's a difference between conviction and condemnation. God and his spirit will convict you of sin in your life. If there are things in your life that you feel bad about, take it to God because he's probably dealing with you about something in your life. If you feel like you continually hit a roadblock, take it to God and ask God to search you. God, is there something that I'm not surrendering to you? Conviction, there's hope. In Christ Jesus. Amen? Condemnation. If it comes from our spiritual enemy, if it comes from other people, or even ourselves, there's no hope in that. It's just a, a conviction of wrong, and that's it. But the Word of God says, and in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you feel that condemnation, that guilt, that shame, for things that you have already confessed to God, have already given to him, then don't pick up the shame and the condemnation again. Leave it. Leave it in the red mud at the foot of the cross. I made that statement, I think, here before. Years and years ago, I had the image of the foot of the cross The blood of Christ dripping down. The dirt becoming mud, but red because of the blood. And Jesus just saying, leave it in the red mud. Just leave it at the foot of the cross. Too many times we struggle because of the things we choose to carry. And God is saying, as we are ready to go into a new year, he's just saying, just lay it down. If you've never confessed a sin, then confess it today and leave it here. If you know you've carried things for years that you've already confessed, and yet you still feel guilty about, or someone's trying to make you feel guilty about, or the enemy. Just leave it in the red mud where you put it. Don't pick it up again and put it in your bag of life that you're carrying through. Now I will confess as I close that I do keep one rock with me. I have had this rock in my office for about 37 years. I found it on a beach one day walking and praying. It kind of looks like a heart. And it just caught my attention. I put a scripture on it. John chapter 8. Which is the story of the woman caught in adultery and brought to Jesus at the temple. The religious leaders, the holy of holy people threw her down and said, 
She's an adulteress. She should be stoned. By the law, she should be stoned. And I thought of this rock. It fits in the hand and it, it's probably a, the right size that people would throw. The idea of stoning someone was to kill them and bury them in rock. But Jesus, he did not deny her sin. But he said these incredible words. He who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And one by one, they moved away. This mob that was crying out for her blood began to just drift away. And I believe it says from the oldest to the youngest. And she was left there on the ground in front of the one who had not sinned, who, who could have thrown the first rock. He says, where are they that condemn you? And he says, there's no one. And he said, neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. The incredible love and mercy of God. It amazes me. This rock has reminded me that God doesn't throw rocks when we make mistakes. It reminds me I may not be perfect, but my Lord and Savior doesn't throw rocks at me. It also reminds me not to throw rocks at others. Church, Sometimes we throw rocks at one another. Maybe it's one of these rocks from our own hurting life that we throw when we hurt others. We see them make mistakes. Or it's those that have hurt us, and so we wait for that opportunity to hurt them. We're not called to throw rocks at one another. We're called to love one another as he has loved us. And as we go into a new year, my prayer has been that we'd go in free. Free of the weights that we've carried. Free of the hurts that we've carried. And that we would enter this new year feeling like that that struggle's over. And God has a purpose and a plan for Heartland. But church, we got to do it together. We got to love one another. We have to flow in his love that never changes. That never varies. We're going to we're going to close the service. And like I mentioned before, we're going to invite you to come up front. Pastor 
Mark is here. He's going to come up front. Pastor Nick, hopefully, will come down sometime. And we're just going to start anointing you. If you come up as a family, that's fine. We're going to anoint you. And we're going to come up. We'll pick an aisle. And you come up that aisle and then move across, okay? Um, if a lot of people come, which is fantastic, we want to anoint you all. So please don't, don't get discouraged and, and leave if it takes a little bit of time. We'll try not to take too long, but we just want to pray over you and then anoint you with oil. And as we end this year, leave, leave those weights behind you. Leave them here. Leave them at the altar. Leave them at the foot of the cross so that we can go into a new year. You can go into a new year and feel that light, that burden lifted and know that whatever is ahead, he's with you. Christ is with you. Amen. Let's stand together. Give us a minute. Pastor Mark comes and we'll get down there. The worship team leads us in worship. Hallelujah.
voices.